You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for May 9th, 2021, the sixth Sunday of Easter. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Well, I must begin by wishing a happy Mother's Day to my mother who is streaming from Colorado, I, I hope, I think and to all mothers, including all those who are a mother figure to someone. Mother's Day is not a religious holiday, but it's not not a religious holiday, if we think of it in the archetypal sense of motherhood. Mother nature, mother land, mothership, mother church, mother Mary. So many ways to consider the both cosmically large and mystically intimate image of the mother. And don't worry, I don't plan to take on all of those today. But the relationship between a mother and a child in its ideal form has for all time and across the human race been a primary icon of life and belonging, refuge and security, and not least of all, deep connection. Yesterday, May 8th, was the feast of Julian of Norwich, She is more relevant than ever as the 14th century theologian and anchorite who lived through two waves of the Black Death in England, a plague that killed 60% of that population. In so many ways, she's a saint for our time. As an anchoress, she lived walled up in the cell of a church in Norwich, that bustling city in England, and she spoke to people only through her window. She had visions during a severe illness in which she experienced God not as an angry judge, but as one who gives us birth through his pain of the cross. Julian wrote, as truly as God is our father, so truly is God our mother. She wrote that in her masterwork, Revelations of Divine Love. With the black death swirling, she said that God suffers in our suffering. And just as surely as God suffers with us, God sees us all the way through to the other side of it. Most mothers know the feeling of suffering when their child suffers. Surely Jesus' mother, Mary, can relate when a mother grieves her child's pain, or worse, their loss, as some mothers are feeling the pain of even today. One writer said, having kids is like your heart running around in someone else's body. Julian referred frequently to Christ our mother, and that is what she meant. For when we suffer, Christ suffers with us. So this Mother's Day, more than a year into the pandemic in which most of us have been cut off from family and our fathers and mothers, we might do well to appreciate this image of God our mother jarring as it may sound to some, since we have grown so exclusively comfortable with the language of God our Father. In the context of Mother's Day today, what an opportunity to expand our imaginations and our language of God the Father to include God the Mother, too. Being a mother is wonderful, but it's no secret that it's also hard. There's a lot of love given that goes unreciprocated in particular stages of a child's development. When I'm having a particularly difficult parenting moment, my mother always says to me, being a mother takes everything you've got plus God. 
If we're constantly worried about getting something back, we will really miss out on the joy and probably mess up our children. For some people, the relationship with their mother is perpetually vexed and challenging. And, and the same can be true for some fathers, but that's for another day. I remember a pad of sticky notes that I saw at a bookstore once, printed with a cartoon of Sigmund Freud on it, saying, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. <laughs> one year into my becoming a mom, in one of the many moments when I was probably sighing a lot and exhausted, while also being quick to punctuate every yawn with saying that, of course, it was also so great to have Charlie, etc., etc. My dear friend Jonathan, whom I've known for decades, said, sounds like it's all joy and no fun. And this really made me laugh. In that moment, it was spot on. Turns out he was citing the title of a newly published book by Jennifer Sr. And now that my son is a bit older and I'm not so sleep deprived, I finally checked it out of the New Canaan Public Library and I took the time to read it. It digs into how children impact their parents' life at each stage of development and the ways in which at times parenting can be simultaneously no fun and full of joy, nagging your child to brush their teeth one moment and pillow talking them to sleep the next, or battling over screen time one day and watching them discover a new skill the next. There's no secret joy waiting to be revealed. Joy is woven into the ups and downs of daily life if we will be present enough in heart and mind to remember this truth in those times when things are no fun. The book speaks to a universal human experience of joy that's born out of deep connection, a joy that one need not be a parent to understand or to experience. Joy, says Jennifer Sr., is predicated on being very connected to somebody. Only connect, E.M. Forrester wrote at the end of Howard's End. The meaning of everything is bound up in the deep connections we forge with one another. More specifically, it's in that particular connection we experience when we give our love away without expecting anything in return. There are lots of different ways to come close to this ideal of caring for others. But because of all the love and care that raising a child demands of us, it says in my book, All Joy of No Fun and No Fun, parenting is one awfully fast and efficient way to experience at least a little saintliness. One of the reasons we talk so much about God the Father, or like Julian did, God the Mother, is emphatically not because the connection is exactly like the mother or father with whom we have blood ties. In fact, sometimes the most important mother or father figure in our lives is not a blood tie at all. Maybe you were adopted, or someone has stepped in when our blood ties were no longer there, or never were there to begin with. Or for those of us who do enjoy a close relationship with our parents, we might still have others in our lives who are like a second mother or father to us. The metaphorical language we use for God the Father or God the Mother is meant to point us to what's beyond that, to the trust, the unconditional love, and the strong bond with the one who brought us into being and loves us equally and eternally, our first and most primary connection with being beloved. 
For Jesus, who was somebody's child but had no children of his own, joyful human connection was manifest in friendship when the friends first rooted themselves in divine love. Friendship was the highest of all the loves in the ancient world, likened to agape, the divine love the writer of John talks about in the New Testament. Jesus says to his disciples, Abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. I no longer call you servants, but I have called you friends, he says. An astounding vision of solidarity and equality between the master and servant, the teacher and his students, with, only his, with his only commandment being to love one another and to abide in that love. He says these things so that, that his joy can be in us and that our joy may be made complete. It is in the abiding love, our inner knowledge of God's love at all times, that is joy itself, and that makes our joy complete. And speaking of all joy and no fun, when Jesus had this conversation with his disciples, he was on his way to being betrayed and tortured and crucified. Yet all that was on his mind was his love for his friends and their joy by commanding them to abide in his love as they love one another. It is an American obsession to pursue happiness. It's even written right into our Constitution. And bookstore shelves are heaving with books on how to be happy, in itself a commentary on how elusive happiness can be. But we misunderstand joy when we see it as an emotional high like happiness, or as the fleeting feeling that fun can bring, or as all the things money can buy. And joy certainly cannot be contained in that bottle of yellow dishwashing detergent. Joy is not the same as happiness. Jesus never talks about happiness. There's only one instance of the word happy in the New Testament. But joy occurs many dozens of times. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It is a quality of life available to us even in the midst of suffering and also in those circumstances that are simply no fun. As William Blake said, under every grief and twine runs a joy with silken twine. And that silken twined joy is the ever-flowing love divine, all loves excelling, we will hear echoed in our closing hymn. The wellspring of divine love never runs dry. To abide in that love, is to know in the deepest way we can know anything that God, our mother, loves us, will never stop loving us no matter what we do, and teaches us to risk loving one another in the same way. When we abide in that love, we abide in God, the mother of all joy. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.